That's the uh, the Mad Hatter of Woburn Sands, Sir Harry Blue the First. He sent oh, me that it? the other day. He said, "Yeah, I'm just missing about on my uh, on my base watching Star Trek." And he sent that. Uh, nice. No, wasn't it? Was it Star Trek or yes. Starship Troopers? Or Star Trek. Star yeah. Trek. And uh, so I thought I'm going to play that because it's yeah. fucking good. <laughs> it's pretty pretty groovy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of porn base. Porn base, yeah, yeah, like eighties porn base, yeah. Is that the Building is that like a genre? <laughs> porn base, yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. So, how are we all doing? I'm all, all right. right. Good. All right. I've got my uh, orange juice because it's what so three o'clock yeah, Saturday three o'clock. afternoon. I've got, I've got a can of Schweppes, Schweppes lemonade because I'm living it large. What's your? She's going mad because it's the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. What's your go-to lemonade, Rob? Go-to lemonade. I reckon I know the answer. You probably do. Oh, oh whites. There we go. Oh, whites lemonade. It is a good one, that, isn't it? Mm, it is good. I'll tell you what's also, also a good one. Um, cloudy lemonade one. Ooh, um, yeah. Waitrose cl- cloudy lemonade. Their, their one. Uh, is there's a car- Is it Karma Cola or Karma Drink? Karma, 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 Karma Cola. They're so expensive and not worth it at all. But they're s- they're, they're lemon cloudy lemonade. Oh, my God. So I've, good. I've, I've tried Tes- Tiny, Tesco's finest yellow one. cans. I've, tri- I've tried all the supermarkets versions of like Cloudy Lemonade. Like, that's the like best one. Sugar-free now. Waitrose is the best. Sometimes you look at like some drinks and it's like, you know, it's, it's a Cloudy Lemonade with elderflower and it's like three quid a can. You're like, fuck off, man. There's no difference there. You've just put no. it in like a, a special looking can and you've called it a fancy name. Three pound, please. Probably made by the same people. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Rob so, dogs. Yeah. Bastards. Well, you could probably say that about beer as well. Fucking, what are you on about? Just put it in a fancy can and they can nah, nah, sell nah. it for a lot more. That's yeah, completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Just get someone to draw up a cool like, illustration for a can and then you, you're golden. <laughs> nah, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't drink. <laughs> in fact, she designs beer, actual logos yeah, for yeah, cans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone had a bit of Jimbo from Purity? There you go. That, Jimbo. That, that can. Is my hand? I think you did. That can is your hand. It's from ah! my hand. People are drinking out of your hands. Yep. Weird. Don't you do like the McDonald's? Like big? Was it the Big Mac or something like that? Did? No, I helped roll out the McDonald's package. Roll it out. Do it. Roll it out. <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. I was McDonald's. like Donald. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. rolling. What? Because there's like six million fucking McDonald's like in six million different countries. So not six do, million countries. Now just fucking. That's gotta, a blatant exaggeration. Do, uh, every every single. You know, translation. I think of McDonald's, McDonald's packaging I for think, the I world th- of its entirety. I think McDonald's should bring back Ronald oh, and yeah. put him on exists. everything, like like his face on the packaging of everything. He still exists. Really scary on the burger, just his head going, yeah, <laughs> staring <laughs> he still at you. Exists in America, just not here. People don't like him here. Ronald, when well, they don't, man. He was but like a lanky clown, is, and he was lanky because he was like a America, seat, wasn't he? Yeah. The kids to sit on his lap. Yeah, it's fucking weird, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 man. Garbage food. We had a McDonald's last night, actually. Did you? We did. Yeah, the treat. Just <laughs> <laughs> living it up. McDonald's on a Friday night. Yeah. Orange juice. We Shrek went there. Kind of Schweppes on a Saturday. Woo! I ordered myself a Chinese 
Well, oh, did you? Everyone are Chinese, but only at a starter. Why? Because I was full off the starter. Oh, really? So what I've got, start I've was got that? The, I've got, got the, the rest of it for today. Nice. Yeah. Um, yuk, yuk sung. Oh, I love a bit of yuk sung. And um, quarter duck. That's and probably why. Oh, quarter <laughs> duck. Not quite just quite for lot. me. Not just for me. For a starter, was that your main? Starter. A yuk sung and a quarter of a yeah. duck. Yeah. yeah. A quarter of a beast. Oh, that'll yeah. with, the, with the pancakes. Oh, yeah. So I was full then. I was. I love a bit of crispy duck. There's not even any point me digging into this yet. Did you have beer? You must have a beer. I had red wine. I was drinking red oh, wine. Yeah. I was oh, talking to Josh for ages. Oh, was yeah. Fair mm. play to you. I yeah. feel like he just has has like, conversations on the go with all three of us most times. Josh is a man of many words to yes. many people. I like red. That's my thing at the minute. I'm yeah. drinking more red than beer now. Really? Mm. Bottles of red. Do you not give you a banging headache in the no. morning? Do you a professional? That's why. White wine, though. If I did it with white wine, I'd be in trouble. But <laughs> red, wine, red wine, I can drink it like pop. Like, it's fine for me. That sounds like uh, you're describing a problem more than a... Uh no, a problem would be <laughs> if I can drink white wine and red wine and wake oh, up yeah, fine. No, that would be a problem, wouldn't it? I Are you doing it for breakfast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a Brushing problem. Brushing my teeth with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mouthwash before you go to bed. Oh, but oh. Whiskey, isn't nice. it? Oh. I suppose wh- whiskey may be a bit better. Anything with sugar in it, though, is just not a good idea um, to rinse your mouth out with before you go to bed. No, I wouldn't. Uh, no. No, I don't. I always just water. Absinthe. Absinthe, I'll fucking do it. I feel it. like that's got sugar in it, though. Yeah, it will like, be. Yeah. That'll be packed full of sugar, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Mega in it. Mm. The one I had was really sweet. Madness, that stuff, in it. It's not... I think... I, don't, I feel I like it used to be... Yeah, it used to be like yeah. a mental drink when they, like, dropped fucking, like, that Easy poison in shit in it. I'm sure that's... They used, they used to put... They used to drop something into a sugar cube and mix yeah. it in. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that was, but uh, it was that stuff. Chasing the Dragon, was it opium? Some I don't know. Is that, is that little pipette of stuff that mixes with the actual juice that makes it mental? I feel like absinthe is just... It's just one of the... It's like... Just, oh, just it's strong like, ouzo. It's like ouzo or... the early days of Novichok, I'm telling you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Putin's rolling it out across the, every other country, seeing how much it will uh, harm people. It's, just not, it's not strong enough yet. Long, long duration takeover via <laughs> yeah, absinthe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Got some uh, Patreon shout-outs this week. Did we nice. do Tyler Green last week? Probably. I should I forgot, yeah. No, you forgot yours no, last I week. I actually Tyler Green. No, we, we did do Tyler we did Green. because I went I, on and... Found it because I'm pretty sure the same job is what I'm going to say now, and, and they they mow Lawns. golf greens, oh, yeah, yeah. golf yeah. greens. No other, no, no, not like the fairways, just golf greens. Professional at the greens. He sounds like a character from Fight Club as well, doesn't he? Tyler Green. Was well, just because he's got the same first name as the actual guy that's. Yeah, that's exactly why I said it. Why else would I say it? His name was Brian Smith. Wouldn't have gone. It sounds like he's in fight. He sounds like a beer drinker. And D eighty seven om. Well, he just sounds like a robot from um, <laughs> from like fucking R2 Star D2, Wars yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the the shit version of Star D87 Ohm, the little version of Star <laughs> Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's called like Starfight or something. R two D two, yeah, he's a D eighty seven arm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one. I don't know which one he would be. Would he be the gold one or would he be the the one in the box? C three PO D eighty seven arm. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be the gold the one. one. The gold the one. Yeah, he's, he's like a box which moves, isn't it? <laughs> Basically. With a dome, dome on the top of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he just that's wiggles around. Yeah. How the fuck's that? I mean, that's a stupid... Because like, he just he like moves around really like bitch-ass slow, doesn't he? Like, But then, then he can float if he mm. wants. So just float all the time. It's like Yoda, I don't get it. When he's like, he's decrepit. He's like, decrepit I am. And he walks around with his little stick. And then he gets in a fight and he's like, 
fucking Conor McGregor just decking everyone, yeah. ruins them, and then he goes back to walking like a limp. I'm like, benefit cheat. Yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, definitely. No, it's because he's using the force you, when he's fighting. He ain't Why doesn't he use the force all the time? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe that's a lot of work. Yeah, nah, it didn't look like it to me. He can fucking make people like like fly across rooms and all well, sorts. Because he's so. like, he hasn't really concentrated. So to help, him, force, to help himself walk... I mean, if he can literally with his mind throw people across the room and like stop like bullets or whatever, right? Yeah. He can stop himself having a limp by yeah, using the force. Yeah, quite exactly. Easily. If he can manipulate the fabric of space and time, you can fix a gammy knee. Yeah, he, he, he can at least like, like let that like leg float while he's walking or yeah, something. Yeah. He's you like know manipulating I mean? the Higgs can, field and stuff. He's someone, like, what? someone who likes Star Wars, tell me where that little fucking. Yoda creature came from baby Yoda. Yeah, well, he's not. He's not Yoda. He's he's another. He's the same. He's a baby Yoda species as Yoda, but he's 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 just a. But there's apparently there's like bread? there's like yeah, Yoda. Yeah, bread, yeah. Yeah. There's Yoda, Yoda, Yoda and his sister. And just his, a dwarf and version of them. Literally, li- that's like that's it. There's like li- there's literally two Yo- like Yodas. There's an old, one female and one male, and they're Yoda and that really older the woman. Well, maybe Ping, someone Pingu will let us or whatever know. her name is. I'm Kill sure. <laughs> so yeah, where's this yeah. little fucker come from? I'm sure. Isn't like on the Podbelly Podcast Network? Uh, isn't there a Star Wars <laughs> podcast? Yeah, there is. I, oh, well. put, I could have had them for the. Like, I don't sure know. There if I, um, yeah, there is. Well, there what was. I don't know if it still is though. I can't I remember. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, that would have been brilliant. Oh, it's a shit segue to pod. Yeah, to Podbelly. Go and check out podbelly.com. We're on the network. You might. You might. I can't guarantee. And I'll confirm or deny. Find a podcast. I'm about sure, Star Wars. I'm sure there will be something on them somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there was, yeah. There was definitely one, but I can't. Re- I don't know if it's still on there. I'm not sure. Probably mm. is. The I'll Vader check. Owl. The fucking Vader Owl. It's yeah. definitely s- the s- Star Wars in the title. Hang around, have a look. And, uh, Starfight. Uh, Starfight. Star, Star the, the Starcast. Starfight like. fe- featuring BN214, whatever <laughs> his name is. D87 on. Yeah, yeah. D87 on. made out of gold. you got a gold one. You do have a silver one, don't you? So that means he'd be made out of bronze. Yeah, the yeah. little one. No, cardboard. Well, cardboard, yeah, yeah. Cardboard, <laughs> but like that glossy cardboard, so it looks like metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's just been sprayed with something. Yeah, yeah. yeah spray yeah, painted. Yeah. Pod, yeah. Uh, it looks like a five year old's made it. If, um, if you also want to check out some of our sponsors, you can head over to retrovague.com uh, and check out all their cool threads. I think we've got a code. Is it code robots for. It is robots, isn't it? For it's 10% it either, off. either robots or robots for yeah, eyes. Just, just try both. Them. Try both. Or just ask us, we'll let you know. Uh, no competition this week, but we have some new loot in, so we will be putting that up from next week onwards as well as SKR which we have a few t-shirts Psycho Apparel um, Psycho Psycho Apparel yeah <laughs> made by that nutter Nicole uh, so we will be doing them as well man how are you going to do that Hannah formulate your just giveaways wow I mean it's as simple as that yeah yeah just put them on there Can imagine having the foresight to do that just yeah, yeah. put them on there using the force just yeah, use the, I use the force Star Wars ain't there anymore Sorry. Oh, it's not? No. Well, don't check them out then. Don't check them out because they're not there anymore. Yeah. Uh, but they, they did used to be. Yeah, probably. Can't remember what they were called. Well, Star Wars. Star to be honest, Star I never really bothered Special checking. Operation. I didn't check them out because I'm not a fan of Star Wars. So. Mm, and now they're off the network, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they are anyway. Must be I crap. mean, they're not. They're not if they're not, then fucking they're great. I don't know. <laughs> Can't uh, see them. <laughs> uh, so go and check out Retrovague and SKR at all of their social medias across the boards. Uh, and you can also find us at robotsforicepodcast.com. And on there is a, uh, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with how websites work. There's links to all of our sponsors, the networks, and all of the things that we do, yo. Yeah. So head over to Robots Rise Podcast and buy everything.com. Yeah, buy something. Off know, everyone until it's sold out. And all the March Patreons, you will be getting your... Is it April now? Yeah, it is. It's your birthday next week, so it must be April. 
Because if it was your birthday next week and it wasn't April, there's something weird going on. I'm in a parallel I'm universe. probably dead if that was the case. What, Mandela does something? Uh, yeah, I'd, you would be. I'd a, be dead because then it wouldn't be my birthday. Well, it's it's still, be still be my birthday, but it wouldn't exist. Yeah. That's so true. It's his birthday, just but he's fucking ahead. burnt up or buried in the ground or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, check us out. Uh, check everybody out. Check all the sponsors out. Check the networks out. Go check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. And let's do a podcast. Any idea what we're doing today, Rob? Um, the ins and outs of planting seeds in your lawn. Uh, the germ- germination rates and the temperature of the soil compared to the air temperature. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not that. Oh. Even though I have been thinking about that, actually, <laughs> because I have reseeded my lawn and the temperature, the night temperatures are getting a bit low. If you really want to know, it's not actually the daytime temperatures that you want to look at regarding seed germination. It's the nighttime temperatures because they need a temperature of around 10 degrees or more to germinate. Mm. So if the nighttime temperature drops to like, you know, 8 degrees or lower, even freezing, then you're missing half the day, which is say 12 hours. Mm. So they're not going to germinate. No, it's not worth it then. So that's the actual answer to your question. And, and um, it's supposed to be minus degrees around us tonight. Yeah, well, fuck, so. fuck pigs, fuck no, sticks. Yeah. I, bury, I put them in the ground. Shit, bollocks. And all the birds are landing there eating them. I'm like, fuck off. Anyway. I mean, you did tell me you put approximately a million seeds down. Probably more than that. Did you count them? No, I didn't, but there was millions. (laughs) There was millions. So So I feel like we'd have to have millions of birds to eat them all. I mowed up my lawn. Oh, yeah. And um, it's fucked. Good. I'll I'll tell you afterwards what you need to do. Well, if you come up Saturday, come and have a look, because it's it's just fucked. I'll bring you all my gear around. To be fair, there was like, like fucking, like... Tents and shit on it, so half yeah. of it's dead. <coughs> you know what I mean? It'll but those fucking trees are there as well. Which oh, you need to disappear. Uh, yeah, I can sort it, mate. On the lawn, man. Trust me. <laughs> We're not talking about lawns. We're talking about a fella or a ca- the case of DB Cooper. Does that ring any bells? He sounds like um, an old industrial maker. Well, it, well, who knows? Who like he makes like I don't know, like um, the first ever spring. Yeah, like he made it like a, a suspension yeah. bridge in Wales. The first ever spring. Yeah, D. DJ Cooper, or what his <laughs> name is. DJ Cooper in the house. <laughs> First DJ in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. no. Um, That's so no. This no. <laughs> so on the 24th of November, 1971, a fella the press named as DB Cooper hijacked a Boeing 727 airliner flying from Portland, Oregon to Seattle. Mm. And he managed to extort a ransom of around 200 grand which uh, is bad. about 1.4 million in um, 2022 monies. So, nice. what worried me there? I was like, "How much have we destroyed the money?" If like you can make 200 grand, 1.4 million. But then, after extorting the cash, he seemingly vanished into thin air, like almost literally, and he's never been found. And oh, the that's FBI probably just because he doesn't want to be found. No shit. The FBI no shit. <laughs> have an ongoing investigation. It was like forty-five years. It was actually the uh, the only unsolved case of air. But what po- date was it? Was it, it was in November. It was November the twenty-fourth, nineteen seventy-one. Right. Okay. Uh, he's he got away with it, and like that's some extreme shit to hijack an airline. And I mean, aren't them things easy to track? You know what I mean? Yeah. I but like, also, also right. <laughs> 
how do you not how do you disappear off the plane because i'm assuming when you hand it over and, and there's some sort of cash thing how yeah how does that work without like you just they're giving the cash and you go right shoot the bastard exactly yeah yeah, yeah exactly so those familiar with the case will be going ah ha i already know but right. for the purpose of you two who are looking at me blank going how does he do this i will tell you so i'll go through it what? Is he houdini uh, he was he had the balls on this bloke were enormous I and mean, he had elephantitis but other than that he had fucking big balls to do what he did so this is on November the 24th 71 a middle aged man wearing a suit and sunglasses carrying a briefcase walked mm. up to the desk of Northwest Orient Airlines at Portland International Airport and he bought a ticket in cash on flight 305 and he said his name was Dan Cooper. That's what it says on the okay. uh, the ticket, Dan Cooper. He asked the airline employee, like the ticket person. Oh, no, it's one called Dan Cooper. There you go, could be. Uh, well, that's problem solved. He's very young, though. Case It's solved. not him, then. No. Was he alive in 71? No. No, it's not him. Could, mean, be. could be. Could be. Could be. Just, he's, maybe he's, like, managed to figure out how to maybe. de-age himself yeah, with yeah. his money. CRISPR technology. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what he invested in. Yeah, and in now technology like to to make you go young. back in time. Yeah, he's a time traveller. Time, tra- yeah, exactly. time travelling yeah. airline hijacker. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so he asked the airline employee to confirm that the aircraft was uh, a Boeing seven two seven one hundred, and specifically the one with the aft staircase, basically like drop down doors at the well, back. Well, if, if I think if I was on the reception, I'd be going. I mean, why do you want to pressing know the button? Going something's funny about this, this fella. This one's weird. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. But the ticket person was like, uh, uh, "Yes, Whatever. yes, it is." Yeah. I mean, odd question, sir, but. It definitely is. And he went, fantastic. I'll have a one-way ticket to Seattle, which was only a 30-minute flight. I mean, there's nothing unusual about that. It, but in hindsight, it, but it is unusual. Right. He yeah, to- definitely. He looked totally normal, didn't stand out. Odd questions to ask, but, you know, hey-ho. Yeah, that's very specific to something that's going to happen. He, he didn't I'm even guessing, need, obviously. He didn't even need to show ID to get on the plane because... Um, inter-rim flight. That's it, yeah, like yeah, an yeah. internal flight. So straight away, you've got to think, whoever this dude is, he's like, he seems to have knowledge of aircraft, at least, like, specific aircraft, because he's trying to figure out what jet... Is that definitely the fucking plane that's carrying me? Yeah, great. Brilliant. I'll go on then. What? What was if? It, what happens if it wasn't a seven two seven one hundred? What would you have done there? No, actually, I won't bother. You like that would have raised questions anyway. Mm. So he sat at eighteen C, um, and he ordered a, a bourbon and like seven up or some shit. Sparked a cigarette and then sat sat back for the. Sparked a cigarette. That's such a weird thing to say now, isn't it? Yeah, but like the eight, the um, aviation in the in the nineteen seventies must have been nuts because you don't even need to show a, a fucking. ID to get on an internal flight. There's no metal detectors. So you just walk on with fucking guns and bombs. You can light matches and have naked flames in a pressurised tube flying through the sky at 600 miles an hour and nobody seems to see it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> oh, fuck, I dropped my light and it was on. It was like, not panicking. You're in an aircraft for fuck. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like so, so, at some point someone did go Maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> I remember when they did that. There used to be ashtrays on the fucking Yeah, seats. like if you get in an old the flight, like an old plane... Yeah. You know, you can you still get like the the ashtrays and shit yeah, in yeah. the in the toilets Fucking and whatever else. Just put fireworks on it as well. That fire internal fireworks. Isn't it about time you upgraded this plane. Yeah, well, no, if, it's, if it ain't fell out the sky yet, it ain't broke. It's fine. So the plane was about two thirds full, so that's around thirty-seven people or some shit like that. And there were five crew members on board. You have Captain William Scott. Who sh- sounds like he should be flying the fucking Enterprise. Mm. He does actually, yeah. yeah. You had uh, co-pilot Radzak, head flight attendant Alice Hancock, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and air hostesses Tina Mucklow and Florence Schaffner. 
And then you've got DB <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> names. It's fucking Shaf- 70s, Mucklow. Shaffner. Yeah. It's porn star. Radazak. Captain William Radizak. Scott. Sounds like a por- it sounds like a porn flight. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah, man. So the jet took off at about 2.50, and pretty soon after takeoff, I don't know the time, probably about 3 o'clock, uh, Dan Cooper handing a note over to air hostess Florence Schaffner. Now, Florence was 23, and I reckon she was either fit as fuck or just really arrogant because she thought that the note that DB Coop... Yeah, it was like just like, oh, fancy joining the Mile Eye Club or, oh, do you want to go mm. for a drink? So she just stuck it in her apron and just fucked off. And he, he called her back and he, he said, uh, he was like, nah, I'm not having that. You need to read it. He said, listen, miss, you, might, you better take a look at that note. I have a bomb. So that's not something... That's never a good thing. Especially in Even even in the Mm. 70s, that's a bad thing. Mm. Well, Florence was like, nah, fuck off, mate. Bollocks, don't believe you. And so uh, she was like, let me see it. So DB was like, can I have a look at this? He opens it up. He's like, have a butchers at this. Opens the bag. And inside she sees what she described as like four sticks of dynamite with wires attached to, like a battery and... Comedy oh, alarm the comedy clock. one, yeah, 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 the comedy, yeah, yeah. It's a comedy like, um, like you get on like a cartoon, yeah, yeah, like yeah movie yeah. style, yeah, yeah, like, p- p- like clearly not real. But this actually, this case is where like, it's very stereotypical in in like the movies for hijack, and this is where they get these ideas. Right, it, was okay. da- it was it was DB Cooper because right, this okay. hadn't happened before. Mm-hmm. This was a man with a bomb on a plane. I mean, hijackings had occurred, but this was fucking new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody was underprepared. Everyone's going to die, basically. They were like, how did you get on with the bomb? He's like, I just fucking walked on, mate, because you've got no metal detectors. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on I'm the piss. cigarette, yeah. Right, I'm drinking. I've got a naked flame, a bomb, and I'm hijacking an airline, and no one fucking even bad an eyelid mm. about this. 70s must have been wild. Yeah. Um, glory days. Yeah, glory days of air piracy. <laughs> yeah. And of everything. serial killers, yeah. And serial killers, yeah. Uh, and moon like flights. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, it sounds like a great time. It was. Uh, so DB Cooper asked for the note back pretty much immediately which is a smart move because I think he was thinking ahead like don't give the FBI any examples of your handwriting that they're potentially going to be able to trace Mm. so from here on out so the first note any correspondence with the pirate pilots the pirates. The pirates? That's right. Oh, oh, oh. Army hearties. They were... Um, di- Don't take me alive. <laughs> they were dictated by D.B. Cooper, but written Show down booty. by the air hostesses on paper. And they would like do like a relay and take it up to the, the cockpit and just give you... You know what I mean? So the, the pilots never saw him or his handwriting, which is great for D.B. Cooper because when the pilots are interrogated, which you knew they would be, they'd be able to give the authorities absolutely fuck all information regarding what the man looked like, mm-hmm. like well, personally but they're going to interrogate the flights yeah but he's keeping it he's stuff. keeping it low he's keeping it low he's trying to keep this minimal uh, so Florence on the ri- down low on the fucking that da- he did as well man so Florence writes the first note for the pilots and it was dictated by Cooper and it basically said fly to Seattle as planned when we land I want 200 grand in negotiable American currency not that non-negotiable wow. so I mean any currency no it means dollar specifically oh, right. dollar right. Uh, and he said he wants it in a knapsack uh, he said I want four parachutes two primary and two reserve chutes and I want a refueling stuck on, trambi- on standby to, to get the jet loaded back up don't play games or everybody is going to die and that's interestingly the only time he threatens anybody during this whole ordeal right, okay. when he's trying to m- make sure that his demands are met mm-hmm. um so no, no nonsense demand, isn't it? That one. Y- yeah, it is. It's it's something like so don't. F- well, all, everyone's going to die. Just do what d- I say. Non-negotiable. That was. He yeah. Yeah, kind I mean, of closed it off, didn't they? Yeah. Without without yeah. going, I've got room to negotiate. Obviously, you're not going to say that, but you know what I mean. He kind of just kept it blunt, which basically meant, yeah, yeah. This is the. I'm not fucking. I mean, you've got about. a plane. Mm. You you you've got a plane full of people that you say are going to die. You 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 know you're gonna. They're going to listen to you. They're going to listen to you, aren't they? 
so f- I was like, if you're going to do something like this, why only 200 grand? I mean, I know it was the 70s and that was a lot of money. But do you know what I'd have on every tra- plane? <laughs> what? Right, a seat, right, where when you sit on it, right, or or just anywhere on the seat, right, it's got a little taser, which no one knows about. Yeah. And, and when the, the threat happens, you go, six, six, um, C-18, you go, right him, <laughs> just electrocute the fuck out of them. Well, they've got air marshals now, haven't they? I don't know whether it's all flights, because you need about a million air marshals, mm. you know, per Because like, how many fucking flights are there? Well, maybe not now, like, what's going on? What about an ejector seat? Yeah, ejector seat. <laughs> <laughs> the whole top goes. of the jet opens up, and <laughs> yeah. everybody, like, 200 people just flung in the air, yeah, yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> just because of, yeah, yeah. It's like the shuttle bay doors opening up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I think he asked for 200 grand because that's potentially all he could realistically carry. To, I mean, to, I would imagine it's quite a lot of... Probably, it's, it's probably like as well something stupid like... Wow, what was that an- noise? Another weird noise that's come... <laughs> Every time. That? Every time I've got Every some time. weird noises come out of me, haven't I? Um, maybe if he asked for more, it would have got more serious as well. I know yeah. it sounds hey, serious heavy, already. I mean, money is money's heavy. heavy. It's like paper and I'd shit. I'd give it in pennies, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Your money's there. Take it, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a day, every, every a day single to penny. Carry that yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the uh, second line of thought, which you uh, you do actually read, is why did he ask for two sets of parachutes? Yeah, like reserve and the normal times two, because yeah, yeah. he wanted two um, mains and mm. two secondaries, if that's mm. what you know, reserves. Mm. And like the F- it's from all the articles I read, he gave the the FBI the impression that There's he was going to jump, but also potentially force. A hostage to jump with him, so don't fuck about with the shoots because if you do, someone potentially will just get innocent person will just be a big splat on the floor. Mm. Just give him four oh, fucking shoots. Mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a smart move. So he's mm. taking the note back. He's asked about the stair, like the stairwell before he's mm. got on it. He's asking for four shoots. So the pilots read the note and then radio radioed uh, Seattle SeaTac Airport and they said shit's about to go down. Fix up, look sharp. Basically, I'd have double bluffed him. I'd have just got the plane aiming at the ground. And <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to kill everyone anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what he does then. It would have been interesting if they'd done that. I think it would have been a difference in our. Yeah, but no, I was only joking. I think. I think <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, the airport, when they got the radio from the pilots, they called the police, who then in turn called the FBI or mm-hmm. some something along this. But the big wigs were involved. Yeah, yeah. So the plane flew uh, flew onto. Seattle, and uh, I think it was nothing happened. It was uneventful, even though there was somebody with a bomb sitting there. Flight attendant Tina Mucklow, she sat with DB Cooper on the um, on the flight across, mm. and Tina told the investigators that he he seemed he seemed nice. He was never cruel or nasty. He was thoughtful and calm all the time. So fucking calm that he ordered a second bourbon. And then paid his tab, <laughs> like he paid, paid the bill. He paid the tab, and then gave Tina Mucklow tried to tip her or something, like to try to give her the change, like normal. He's like, "I'll never drink, please." How much is my bill? And she's like, "What the fuck? You got a bomb in the bag? You can't." Yeah, and you've, you just demanded two hundred thousand pound, and everyone's going to die, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, he's, and, you're, and trying you're trying to, to pay your tab. You're trying to tip me. What the fuck? Yeah, I'd just be like, "What? what? Give me the bottle." Yeah, and that's it. I don't want. I don't want the tab. I'm, I want two hundred grand and the bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Give me the fucking bottle. Take, I tell you Give what. No, t- take take the rest. What? How many bourbons off that two hundred thousand? <laughs> Get some bourbon biscuits out of here right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, Tina Tina also asked um, uh, Cooper on this flight because I'm guessing she's getting to know him. She said, she said, have you? She asked him if he'd got a grudge against Northwest Orient Airlines, and he said, I don't have a grudge against your airlines, Miss. I just have a grudge. 
So that's interesting. He's like, he's not just doing it for the crack. There's there's some reason he's doing it. There's a reason. Mm. Um, She also relayed to the police after this went down that um, he was looking out the windows and at one point he said, oh, we're over over Tacoma now. So he could identify... So he's planned it. it. Well, not only that, but he could identify the the, the the terrain from the fucking sky Mm. and it was not good weather. And, And she also mentioned that Cooper correctly stated that they were at one point about 20 minutes away from McCord Air Force Base. So he's got... He's got knowledge about the 727-100, specifically the 727-100 with the drop-down doors. He's asked for four parachutes, which he seemingly must know how to use, mm. and he could identify where he was Ex-military. from the sky, and he knew where a base was. Ex-military. Yeah. Mm, that's maybe. What, maybe. It seems It seems that so way. It sounds a bit like speed. <laughs> he does, doesn't it? Yeah. He, isn't he an ex-cop or something? I don't know. We don't know. He's like going to blow up a building. Oh no, he's blowing up a bus. That was it. Yeah, he's blow up a building in speed. This bus no, must does. not. This he blows building, building must not go less than twenty miles. What? He blows up a building in the beginning. <laughs> oh, and then does he it? blows And then he rigs a bus, doesn't he? Well, I've never seen it. So yes, you have. Oh, I have actually, but I'll probably forget. Anyway, uh, so the plane got over over Seattle and then it requested to land, but the FBI was still trying to get the money and the parachutes and all the fucking tranquilments that DB wanted. So they were like, fucking, you just have to be in a holding pattern. For two hours, it just orbited Seattle. Orbited? Yeah, just went around it in a flight pattern for uh, for over two hours while they got everything ready. And um, the passengers apparently were totally unaware of what was going down because because DB Cooper was slick as doing fuck. Doing it by notes and shit. Yeah, he didn't yeah. attract he any didn't attention. Go, didn't, mm. didn't stand up with two guns and go, I'm hijacking this yeah. plane. I've got to yeah. bomb you. Yeah, yeah. Pricks. <laughs> Just went, yeah, looking here, Bab. He's this bomb in here. Give that note to the pilots. Let's go Seattle. Let's sort this out. No one had a fucking clue. Mm. Calm and slick like a gangster. So the uh, the pilots ex- explained away the landing because everyone was like, what the fuck are we going round and round and round? They said, oh, we've got a. Uh, a slight mechanical issue. Uh, we've just got to stay in the sky. And the, some passengers said after this had occurred that they suspected that there was potentially a so, hijacking. Yeah, because right. if it was a mechanical, you'd be like, well, land. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the engines are breaking. They're not going to work. So, so we're just, just going to keep flying. flying. Yeah. <laughs> just keep it's flying like around, around. It's like a Formula One car, isn't it? Going like the wheel's about to fall off. And we go, the best thing to do is carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep the pit, going. The yeah, pit yeah. stops right there. But we're just going to keep going yeah, until yeah, the wheels actually exactly. fall off. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the FBI got everything ready. Parachutes were obtained from a local skydiving school. 200 grand was collected from the Seattle First Bank. Now, the collected money was designed to be stolen by the bank. They didn't know this was going to happen, like, in whatever yeah. fashion. But it was like a ransom pack. And the idea was all of the money in this pack had been photographed on microphone. All the serial numbers had been photographed. So in the event that the bank, someone come in and went, fuck it, just stick. Like, hand your money mm-hmm. over. Like somebody they'd could go to, to the back it. and they'd be able to go and get this specifically made pile of money and give it to them and then the gangsters would flee and then they would... They'd be able to track... Monitor... This. Yeah. The banks would flick through the codes when they use it and they go, right, they are, they're, I don't know, New York, whatever, the Bronx yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so around there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, just fucking give DB Cooper that money because mm. then where we've got him. Mm. Sort of hook, line and sinker. Uh, so it's like designed to be... It's just coincidence. That's mm. all that happened. Uh, so once all this was in place, uh, Flight 305 was informed by air traffic control that they could land and because they got all the stuff. So uh, the pilots then obviously told the man in charge, D.B. Cooper, and he was like... He gave them the nod to land. He was like, yep, go on, go down. He also requested on the approach that all windows and blinds and tables put up in the upright position. He wanted all the blinds down on the windows because he suspected that there'd be snipers on the ground ready to... And he's right because there was. Mm. So I'm like, okay... 
That's fucking. Well, I they're going to have they're going to have the whole nine yards, aren't they? Ready for him when they land. That's Literally not going to freak the passengers out though, as well. And we've got a mechanical problem when we're up for an extra two hours. Can you just put the blinds down when we're coming to land, please? What? Yeah, <laughs> he'll be like, um, the fuck's uh, happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so in heavy rain and quite high winds in total darkness. See, I, that, I mean, if that's that's what I would have said, it's like, oh, it's weather. It's a weather Maybe. pattern that's causing us to have to not yeah. go around in circles. It's too windy down there. So close your windows and don't look close out. Close your windows and just you don't look out. See the rain. <laughs> you might. You might see four hundred sniper men trying to home <laughs> in on. Yeah, I yeah. suppose if you're like if everybody's just calm on the plane, even if they all fucking go bullshit, there's something going down here. It doesn't matter if everyone's calm and the plane's still flying. Just just get them on the ground. Mm. So when they landed, they taxied to a, a remote part of the airport, but it was brightly lit again at Cooper's request mm. I don't think he went head to landing bay C2 yeah, yeah. he just went dark and fucking well illuminated um, and to avoid getting shot to avoid a bullet in the head before any passengers were released DB Cooper asked Tina Mucklow the flight attendant to exit the plane at the rear staircase doors I was like aha here is go. that why yeah, yeah. and collect the money from the feds and the parachutes then reboard the plane and hand him the cash and then he would start allowing the, the passengers to, to disembark, the hostages to go. And you know, that brave woman, she actually did that. In, in essence, she went off the plane, picked up that fucking cash and the fucking parachutes, and then she sacrificed her freedom for the, for the, for the hostages. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. she could have just gone, see ya. <laughs> see ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but she was like, no, nah, I best get on. He seems cool. He seems calm. Mm. I suppose. Do, do what he says. Just it sounds he like says. he's actually going to stick to what he's going to say. Yeah. He's going to stick to his, his word, yeah. Mm. Seems like that. So, But he's got a fucking bomb on a... Pl- yeah, they were smoking cigarettes, then lighting yeah, fucking fire and paper and stuff in the yeah. sky. Yeah. It it's probably yeah. not scary about that. Yeah. Bomb's probably nothing, really. <laughs> yeah. That's all you got. So, <laughs> so Tina hands the cash to D.B. Cooper, and he was like, thanks. And then he offered her, apparently, two stacks of the notes. He was like, here you go. Take that. Stick that in your trouser pocket, bab. Did she take it? Nah, she denied she was like, no, I don't know. All right, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> They're probably going to search him, though, weren't they? When she they? knew. She, well, yeah. she knew that. Because then you're in trouble if well, you She would have handed him over anyway. She wouldn't have tried to pocket it, would she? Uh, no, she would have handed it over, even even if uh, he said take it. Because you could just go, look, give me this. I took it because he said take it. Yeah. And that's keeping everything calm at yeah. the minute. If I said no, he might have just gone, I fucking hate this. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a gun because he's never had one. <laughs> <laughs> so all the passengers manifested a gun from nowhere. <laughs> the, all the passengers, the uh, uh, flight attendants, uh, Florence Schaffner and the head one, Alice Handcock, they were allowed to leave. Only Tina Mucklow, the pilot and co-pilot, and DB Cooper remained on board. So he got rid of everybody that didn't need to be there, and he kept like the bare skeleton crew for his operations. Mm-hmm. Actually, like a federal aviation official. Um, said, listen, I'll come on the plane. I'll have a face-to-face meeting with you. How's that? Can we do that? And he was like, fuck nah, off. fuck that. You ain't getting on board and talking to me. No chance. Only if you bring another 50,000 quid. Yeah, you get Novichok. That's what he's thinking. You'll touch yeah. me and I'll die. That's not yeah, yeah. I mean. You'll touch me and I'll die. <laughs> yeah, like, spock me to death. <laughs> <laughs> so the jet was refuelled, but it took longer than uh, it should have done. Oh, apparently DB Cooper knew that. He's like, what's taking so long? I think they had to get like a couple of... Uh, trucks in maybe one was only half full or whatever and this is the only time that he seemed stressed and they, they said that um he handed a note to the pilot well it was a it was a tina handed the note okay, to the pilot he got like a like a notepad yeah yeah and just going right it's not that one not that one and he was like he was <laughs> this one there you go he said let's he said what's taking so long plan let's, a plan b plan let's C. get this show on the road so that was the only time he was he was on the edge yeah yeah so the plane's ready to take off refueled he's got his cash his parachutes whatever um did I, he also um ordered um, 
uh, in-flight meals for the for the crew as well on the approach. I went, I want meals for the for the crew as well. The final meal. What? Sorry, no, just a meal. <laughs> just a hot meal. Just a hot meal. Sorry, don't, ignore that final part. Just the uh, just a hot meal. What, 200 grand. <laughs> I want fucking this, I want that, and I want a fucking... What, do you want a lasagna? That was you want lasagna? Yeah. I want two lasagnas and a beef stroganoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah. Whatever, Whatever you, say. you say. Yeah. So the plane's ready to take off. Uh, D.B. Cooper requested that the aft staircase, the one that Tina went out to pick up, she's, he said, can you leave that down? And the pilots are like, nah, bro. That's going to hit the floor as soon as we, we pull up and we'll all die in a fire pit of doom. Can't do that. But Cooper was like, no, I want the fucking leave it. In the end, it was ground uh, crew and pilots that were saying, you can't fucking trust us. It's not that we don't want you to have the, st- have the staircase. They actually told him, you can lower the staircase when you're airborne. Is that? And he was like, oh, okay, sound. I'll do that instead. Right. Um, but he was also very specific in his requests on how they, uh, on how they move the plane around. Because the pilots initially said, where do you want to go? And he was like, uh, fly to Mexico City. And the pilots were going, well, we've got like a thousand mile range on this plane. You're not, we'll have to refuel. You can't make it. Uh, how about Reno? And uh, we can refuel there. And Cooper was like, yeah, that'll do. He really didn't actually give a flying fuck where the destination was mm. because he wasn't going to be on fucking he's gonna board. Jump it. Yeah, he's going to well, jump in. Hence why he had yeah. the fucking uh, parachutes and he kept asking about the things being down at the back. Yeah, he was like, I don't care where we go. Fucking do that. Yeah, yeah. Go I'm, I'm bailing I'm soon. I'm jetting. Seeing a bit. But he also gave very specific instructions on how to fly the actual aircraft. He said, don't fly any flas- faster than 100 knots. Uh, do not fly higher than a maximum of 10,000 feet. He also said keep the landing gear down and the wing flaps lowered to 15 degrees, which, by the way, is an angle only that specific plane, the Boeing 727, could be set at. So he's, he's like, done his research. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he's flying. He's basically saying, I want you to fly slow and low. And the reason which... I mean, he's about to jump out. <laughs> yeah, but like he knew that if he lowered that rear staircase door at a higher speed, like everyone's, everyone's just going to go, go at the back, yeah. fucking yeah, sucked yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. And if he goes any higher than 10,000 feet, then <laughs> it'd be a lack of oxygen. Mm. Be like an, so mm. you've got to stay down in mm. the, the thicker part of the atmosphere mm. where like, the humans live and go as slow as we can so our eyes don't burst out of our head when mm. we open the door on a fucking jet flying through the sky. It's like he knows too much, yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So at uh, 7.40, the Boeing took off with five people on board. And once in the air, two F-106 fighter aircraft from McCord Air Force Base, the one that he went, oh, we're about 20 minutes mm. away from, they scrambled and shadowed the, uh, f- the jet flight 305, one above and one below, but like at a considerable distance behind, mm. out of Cooper's view. I mean, you can't really fucking look back in an aeroplane anyway. Mm. Uh, so this is in the darkness. And the problem was, because the, he asked the 727 to fly slow, the Those fighter jets... Couldn't they, do it. No, nah, yeah, speak. yeah. They were, they were like, uh, they used to whizzing around at fucking yeah, yeah. thousand mile an hour. And they were like, going, yeah, yeah. stalling in the sky, oh, having to restart and bump starting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So bump, they couldn't fucking do bump it. Bump starting a fighter jet <laughs> mid-flight. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, get out the back and push it. Oh, you don't have to. We're falling. <laughs> so they were, that wasn't kind of like they did actually try and get a helicopter out, uh, but it, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe ran out of fuel or something. There was a couple of extra aircraft. I just have like four helicopters right, really close to each other, underneath the the um, the net, <laughs> just underneath where the um, steps are. So when he does jump, he just, just gets, gets minced. minced to pieces. You know, there That's you one way of doing it, I suppose. Yeah. So once airborne and flying as he requested, 
he got Tina Tina Mucklow to help him like prep the rear doors. I don't, I don't really know what that means, but once she'd like I know, disabled the safety, <laughs> yeah, yeah, put the primer on, on it. <laughs> he told <laughs> me as well. He sounds like he's doing a bit of weird shit. He might, Give yeah. a quick gloss before he goes. <laughs> <laughs> fix a hinge that's why he wanted the door open so it helps dry it quicker <laughs> yeah. he told Tina once she'd got like the door ready he said look head back up into the cockpit and just and just fucking stay there I don't want you to come out anymore at about 8 o'clock so this is about 20 minutes after takeoff, a warning light came on in the cockpit indicating that the uh, the aft door was open and that the staircase had been lowered so Tina actually I think the pilots requested her to do this but she called the like the tail end telephone and like spoke to Spoke to DB Cooper and she said, she asked him if he needed any assistance, any help or anything like that. And all he replied was, nope, and then hung up. And that was the last time that anybody, as far as we know, spoke to DB mm. Cooper. So soon after that, soon after speaking to him, the crew felt the air pressure drop inside the cabin, indicating that the, the whole of the ins- inside of the aircraft was exposed to atmospheric pressure. So they're mm. like, the fucking door's open now. Yeah, yeah. 13 minutes later at 8.13... The pilots reported that the tail section of the aircraft moved upwards as if it, like some weight had been dropped dropped off the back, mm-hmm. like it just went up like that. Um, and the tail rise was large enough in the in the jet that they had to reconfigure the trim on the tail flaps to make the plane fly level because right. it's flying level with a certain weight mm-hmm. and just even like a small amount of weight off the back, like changes yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Oh fucking hell!" Must have jumped. jumped. Mm. He must have done. So he, the flight. Well, where is he otherwise? He well, the f- had to have done. The flight then f- uh, flew to Reno, uh, as as stated, you know, to refuel or whatever, mm. uh, and it landed with the rear doors down. So fine, no one yeah. died there. And then a shitload of fucking FBI agents and fucking yeah, state troopers, it. whatever, stormed it. Reno police were on hand, and initially they didn't approach the the plane because of, they thought that there was a bomb, but on board still. Yeah. Uh, but um, Captain Scott of the Enterprise radioed out and said that Cooper is that he's, we think he's jumped and uh, so peace the F- and prosper. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, so the FBI came on on board, searched the plane, and after a thirty minute sweep, they figured there was no bomb on board, mm-hmm. and essentially the aircraft was 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 safe. But DB Cooper was fucking gone. It was just mm. like, they were like, yeah. where the fuck? Well, they jumped. Jumper Rooney. Jumper Rooney. He's somewhere. Wherever, wherever, ah. somewhere in between wherever they were and Reno. So the plot thickens. Should we take a break and then uh, find out what the fuck went down? Yeah, man. They searched the plane and found pretty much fuck all, very little. They found his clip-on tie, uh, eight cigarette butts, which would have had DNA on, but they've got rid of them over time because they're just cigarette butts and they were unaware. That it would get so good that yeah. you could actually... Mm. Fuck, which would have been great mm. if you Well, if you kept only if it. he's in the, in the system. Mm. And they found two of the four parachutes and nothing else. No notes, no nothing. Mm-hmm. No fucking finger... Well, they, f- they searched the place for fingerprints and they couldn't... 
there was nothing referenced on any database. They're like, fuck, we might have this thing. We don't know. We mm. don't. We just don't fucking know. So the crew told the FBI about the rear of the uh, of the jet bumping up, and they did some live tests pretty quickly after this happened because they worked to fast see, to see if that would actually if someone jumping off would make that happen. Yes, yeah, so they got in a seven two seven and launched a hundred kilogram weight off the back. And the, the plane responded in exactly the same way that the pilot said, oh, you know, adjust the flaps fucking two degrees on the back to keep it level. And they did that. And they were like, aha, that must have been him jumping. jumping right. where, where did this happen? So the pilot said he, they felt the bump at 8.13. So because they knew that the speed of the plane and the direction, its flight path, they could the, work it out the jump the location. They could work out like a radius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was about 40 miles north of Portland, Oregon, uh, more specifically near the southernmost outreach of Mount St. Helens, which is a few miles southeast of Ariel, near Lake Merwin. So the next morning, the FBI mounted a huge search. I mean, it f- massive search because it's fucking hijacked a plane. Mm. <laughs> uh, and it had helicopters, search planes, ground crew were searching farms that were going up and down rivers, sniffer dogs. And bizarre, I find this quite bizarre. The Air Force scrambled the SR-71 Blackbird, which is a top secret stealth aircraft of the day. And I find that fucking odd because... DB Cooper only nicked 200 grand, and I bet getting one of those highly top secret black... more than 200 grand. What the fuck yeah. are they doing? Scramble the blackbird. They really want to find him. That's yeah. like, that's today, like, you doing that today, and then the, then the, the fucking Air Force scrambling the Aurora trans-atmospheric fucking TRB-3 space plane to try and find you. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? Mm. What, Can't just what? use a helicopter. It's mad. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I don't know. I reckon that... Because that really does... I mean, that, that puzzled me. But I wonder if they, they were like, ah, oh, fuck it, live testing. Mm. Let's just check yeah. its maybe, searching yeah. capability. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. Maybe they've just decided we can just use it as a test anyway. Now. Exactly. So, so anyway, uh, because mm. they knew where he jumped and at what time, uh, he, but he was on a, he was on a parachute. You see, so he the area where he touched down could have been massive because they they also didn't know how long he was in free fall, which would have. Changed, changed like massive, yeah, massively. And he could have drifted he for could, fucking he could miles. Have, he could have jumped and p- pulled the parachute instantly, which yeah. means he could have gone fucking miles in any other direction. Yeah, exactly. The potential landing zone covered a vast area of dense, harsh, uninhabited woodlands and mountains. And some of the peaks of these mountains were higher than the jet was travelling when, because Cooper said, stay mm. below 10,000. So this was a risky fucking jump. Mm. He could have jumped out of a plane at 10,000 foot and the ground was only a 1,000 feet below him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just splat straight into the side of a mountain. And if you're going over, because if if you imagine DB Cooper's on that fucking back staircase, holding on, fucking winds blowing, he's looking out, and I'm guessing if you're over forest in in rain, you can't really see, uh, can you see the ground? There's no, no lights there. No, I'm guessing not. No, fucking, hell, I don't know, man. So the search was was uh, hampered by continuous rain, persistent rain, and really quite cold temperatures in difficult terrain and despite searching for days and days they found absolutely no evidence of him the money or anything he was carrying like the shoots the clothing the cash kept nothing yeah he was all gone there was if they were looking in the right place yeah i mean i feel like that that search area is so massive really yeah like because all of the you know the various thing you know things that go into that like you say, you know, how did he jump immediately? Like, did how fast did he put up his well, they parachute? Knew, yeah, and yeah. you know, but there's so there's so many factors involved yeah. that they can't know in terms of those sums. So they're just going. They know when like, and where he jumps. It's like, when, so, it's like when someone, you know, like say if a plane goes down in in the the, the fucking middle of the sea, and, and you're trying to figure out 
okay, well, they went off course, but how far off course did they go? Yeah. And for how long and at what speed? So the search area ends up being like a hundred fucking enormous. hundreds of th- thousands of square miles to search. Fucking enormous, that's the thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of like uh, potential grey area. We think, oh, this is where he, he jumps. Yeah, mm. well, yeah, that might have been where he jumped, but that doesn't necessarily doesn't, mean... Yeah, you don't... You've not got like all of the information. In no. Vo- is that, you know, like that guy that... Um, that captain... What's his name? The one that landed the plane in the Hudson. Uh, Captain Phillips, no Scully. Scully, Scully, yeah, and he, you know, like it's very much that they were like trying to pin pin the the destruction of the plane on him and his co-pilot, saying there was absolutely no need to land the plane in the Hudson; that it could have safely made it to the various airports around New York City. And he was actually like, of all all of the simulations that they were doing weren't factoring in human um thinking time yeah they pretty knew what they knew what was like they knew what was so they they literally like bird strike bird strike straight turn straight away Mm. and and he was like you're you're not allowing for the actual act of human figuring out what to do going what the fuck's happened so they had to allow it and then go they had to allow it like a certain amount of seconds and every time the simulations crashed when they tried to make it to so he was like you you just without all of those right parameters, you're never gonna fucking know the no, search. That's search the thing because they didn't know it. Pre- they can't. They say they do, but like yeah, yeah whatever. God, and you know, like he could have just died. He could have just splatted. Well, this was the beginning of of. Um, I would have put confetti in every single um, <laughs> in every single parachute. Yeah, put it, yeah. Rather, th- rather than a parachute, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, just put. You might kill an no. innocent person. That's it. No, but to be out. fair, that's not a bad idea. Like fill the parachute <laughs> full of confetti. confetti. So that maybe the confetti <laughs> would like sprinkle around. That's not a bad idea. And you could go, <laughs> well, look, there's some confetti over here. So we might be somewhere around here, maybe. <laughs> what happens if that was an innocent person, though, and they died? That's the thing. It could have been Tina Mucklow. What? Like, they don't know. No, that I'm not f- saying. I'm saying the parachute still works. Just fill it with oh, confetti. Yeah. Oh, it's not a bad idea. Just, just put like a bit of dynamite in there like when he pulls it. Opens it, blows it up as well. Brightly coloured c- plastic confetti. So that, you know, if you see a bit, you're like, oh, there's a bit of confetti there. So this was the beginning of Operation Norjack, and that was the the case file name that the FBI gave to this uh, this incident. Um, and they had absolutely no evidence other than the fact <laughs> that it happened. They mm. fucking just vanished like Houdini. So because they got nothing on the floor, they were like, "Let's focus our money on. Let's follow the money. Let's yeah, you know, let's see that if, where it gets spent." If it does, yeah. So like I said before, the money was collected from the bank that had a ransom pack, so they knew knew the serial numbers in advance. Um, so the list of of all these numbers were given to banks, government agencies, casino. The general public actually had it as well. They didn't keep it quiet. They went everybody corner shops. Fucking look out for these numbers, because uh, like they even put cash rewards out of like t- twenty grand or something if you yeah. can find five dollars <laughs> with this number on it. But nothing came forward. Nothing. You didn't seem to spend it. Then out of the blue, nearly ten years later. This is on February the 10th, 1980. A young lad called Brian Ingram, who was on a family camping trip on the Columbian River, or the Columbia River, sorry, mm. in uh, north of Portland, so it's sort of same area. He was digging a hole on the riverbank for like a campfire, and he found three stacks of cash totaling $5,880 buried on this sandbar. 
and he found them. Mm. Oh, is it the right one? Is it the right number? He found them on a place called Tina Bar, right? And you got Tina Mucklow as the air hostess. And I was like, what Tina the Tina f- Bar? Yeah, well, it, like was, a bu- it was a, a sandbank oh, named right, right. Tina Bar. And I'm like, so he's picked that for a reason. It, I don't know. I don't know. This, I don't know, man. Because the stats. Wait, so, so that. Do, uh, is, there, is there any confirmation that that yeah, money I'll, was? Yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go for it. So the stacks stop, were. Stop were jumping ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. It just <laughs> makes sense. It'll make more sense. But they were rotten and degraded, uh, but effectively still readable. So Brian's family knew the. Uh, well, so they the just he just buried them like straight in the ground. Well, no one no, knows. No, no, like plastic bag around the, it's it or a anything. Mi- well. They knew of the D.B. Cooper case, right? Well, they don't know. And they really no one knows how he buried that money. I'll, no, I'll, this is what I'm saying. Didn't the kid find it? Yeah, the kid found so it, it buried on the ground. No, it was buried under the ground on Tina Bar. Yeah, no, but was it... Ba- all I'm asking, was it in a bag? No, or, no it was right. dig- straight it was in the ground. Yes, yes, right. yes. That's all I was asking. So they took the notes to the FBI and then they had a look at the serial numbers and they were like, yes, this is actually... These are D.B. Cooper's notes. But basically nothing came of this discovery. Mm. It didn't tell him anything. It told him that he maybe survived. But it posed more questions. They were like, how did this money end up buried on a sandbar over 20 miles from the drop zone where D.B. Cooper bailed out? So the, the thoughts were he could the, the money might have washed down the river, but the, the Columbia... Buried itself. The Columbia... No, it just got buried over time. You know what I mean? But the Columbia <laughs> River ran in the opposite direction from where they thought that the, the drop zone was. So it couldn't have... Oh, it couldn't have gone that it way. It couldn't have got landed in the river because it would have just gone further away. Yeah. And they could have got the drop zone wrong. Um, or maybe they could have just landed there. They could have fallen there after being dropped by Cooper when he was in the sky. But this is incredibly unlikely considering the uh, the boats, the uh, bundles of, of notes, they weren't strapped together. So if you did drop them, like independent free-falling or free-floating how would they end up all in the same place on the same sandbar buried it's a mystery in a mystery because because our guy Cooper survived and he buried a couple was like oh Tina she was sound I'll put some here on Tina bar I I don't know why like he'd do that coincidence I don't know maybe he just just was really but I mean why go to all that effort of stealing that money just to bury bury it in like the sand without you don't know that it was Cooper that buried it you don't know it was here. you don't know it. all you know is that it were buried because there is oh, some yeah, it could be someone found it there is some information here so it could uh, be a dog interestingly <laughs> the uh, the feds gave gave that lad some of the cash uh, to say thanks because nobody came forward because they knew it was DB Cooper's uh, and he kept them and in 2008 because he's got DB Cooper's ransom money he banged them on eBay and made 40 grand I was like yes bro <laughs> yeah man <laughs> so there was a study carried out on the algae, on the notes in um, 2019 or something like that. I might have the date wrong. Uh, and it showed that they, the algae grew on the notes between May and June 1972. And Cooper jumped in November 17, in 1971. So they were stored somewhere dry until that point. They had to have been, because mm. they can like fucking radioisotope date the, the, fuck, the, um, the algae using fucking carbon nanotubes or some shit <laughs> and they were like that is when it, they were buried this is when they were exposed to the damage and they were like well what the fuck so the FBI weren't totally convinced that Cooper buried it because they're not even sure that he survived the jump mm. and you're like okay I understand that pray tell I feel like this dude seemed like he was pretty knowledgeable of, of all of the situation you know I don't think he's it didn't seem like the sort of guy that's just going into the situation no to kind of suicide it kind of do you know what I mean like suicide he's, is painless he's he's sort of gone in so I feel like he 
if he if he knows his plan is to jump from a plane, he would have he would have done some he'd have known how to parachute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what they do say is they say um, when he jumped, when he bailed out the plane, he knew what he was doing. It seems like he knows what he's doing because I'm not going to fucking try and hijack an airline, extort two hundred grand, and jump out the back without having a fucking clue how a parachute works. Yeah, yeah. But he did. But when he bailed out, it was pitch black. It was in freezing freezing rain. Mm. It was like 150 fucking mile an hour or something like that. He was, wasn't wearing the correct clothing and he didn't know the terrain he was jumping into. He might have had an approximation. He might have landed at Seattle and then looked at his watch and go, we're going 100 mile an hour because I've told him to go oh, 150 mile an hour. We've been flying 15 minutes. I know exactly how far. He could have used dead reckoning to mm-hmm. do that. But like, even if he survived, he would have had to trek out of like this super dense forest for miles in the pitch black and the rain in negative temperatures, wearing well, not, a suit and loafers. Not necessarily. He could have, he could have parachuted, landed. Let's say, let's just say, he managed to to land it safe, right? And he managed to to get down to the forest. Yeah, but you don't know where you are you in then, this forest. No, <clears throat> but then you use your parachute to 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 wrap yourself up, keep True. warm. Yeah. Wait till light and then start trekking out. I wouldn't fucking try and trek out in the in the dark. No way. Unless he had like um, he knew a, a, a sort of a path from there. And and, and no, had a no one site that he knew where to jump roughly. No to. one at any point Maybe. has searched the guy, so he could have had all maps, fucking compasses, all sorts of shit yeah. in his pockets that no one would have known about. That is very true. We don't know what tranquilments he had. He, had like, he could have he could have had a load person. of tranquilments. Yeah. So the parachutes he he Could chose. Have some power bars in his pocket, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a woolly jumper. A woolly jumper. Mm-hmm. So he chose those like tin foil things, you know. And they they fold up quite small, don't they? Oh yeah, one of them tin foil blankets, space blankets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just look like a silver man walking out the woods at two hundred grand. There you go, <laughs> DB Cooper. So he was given four shoots, um, and he chose. They were like different. He chose the military one, which couldn't be steered. Um, so he could have drifted when he jumped because they just gave him four fucking shoots. Why would you pick the one that wouldn't steer? That sounds dumb. And he also took as the backup a dummy shoot, one that was sewn shut. They accidentally gave him a dummy shoot, which is, and that he may have picked the military one, one that couldn't be steered because he knew how to use it. Mm. He's like, oh, that's a fucking. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking FT fifty. I've done yeah. that before. I know exactly yeah, yeah. how to. Yeah. And then they think he might have put the ransom money inside this the sewn up shoot. Uh, because he specifically asked for the for the the cash in a knapsack. Yeah, he would have. He wanted a knapsack so he so could he like could fucking. T- and they so didn't. Also, they just gave me like a random fucking Sainsbury's it doesn't polythene bag or some shit. Doesn't sound like an idiot, like I said. And why would you have picked the one that's sewn up? He'd have known that's sewn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's picked that. Well, for dummy, a reason. Uh, dummy shoots. I don't know why you've ever dummy shoot because surely all parachutes are better if they're like. Not open, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't do yeah, it. Yeah. But he had a big cross on it as well to sort of say, don't you. So he would have known that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He ain't gone into this. So he's picked that. Makes me reason. think he's jumped out the back on them parachute, uh, like the uh, the military shoots, and they've he's fucking seen thousands of thousands of thousands of jumps, and they never fail. And he's like, oh, this is fine. Trust me, mm. he won't fucking fail. Because the thing that the act of jumping means that he ain't the, it like it. it doesn't seem like it's a suicide mission to him. It's like he wants to survive. Oh yeah, it. yeah, because yeah. Because otherwise, he'd have just gone. He'd just gone fuck it and got shot or so whatever. So this potentially indicates that he had experience, potentially a paratrooper, maybe a pilot, because he knew a lot about planes, flaps at twelve degrees, mm. knew where the air force base was, like twenty and all that. So it's um, interestingly, there's also thoughts that he might have been a CIA agent. Because apparently the CIA used the Boeing 727-100 to drop agents behind enemy 
lines in Vietnam from the rear stairwell. Oh. So they'd fly over and they'd fucking drop that fucking thing down because mm. it wasn't a military plane. And then their spooks would jump out the back and then fucking infiltrate so very, the Viet Cong very or whatever. CIA sort of stuff. It could so. have been. Yeah. So, like, did he choose that plane knowing that? Or did he read that somewhere? Maybe. He, he he was calm and cool. He wasn't under pressure. It seems like if you were hijacking a plane for the first time, you'd be a little bit concerned. You know what I mean? You'd be a bit... But no. Uh, but Tina Mucklow said that he... Uh, he said that this plane apparently was just in the right place at the right time. He wasn't. I'm like, what? So he wasn't targeting it. He just turned up on the off chance with a bomb that there was a three, a seven two seven there, and there was. Went, oh great, I'll go on that one. Mm. I think he fucking planned it. Of course he did. You don't go into that shit without pla- like fully planning it. No, yeah, exactly. It's what I mean. So with no evidence of the money or his body, it's very possible that he survived. Do you reckon he did? Uh, yeah. Let's think there's a possibility, yeah. Did he, yeah. Where, did we know roughly... Obviously, he got this range. Did Was it forest land? Was yeah, it, okay. dense forest uh, mountains with some of the peaks were higher than the plane. Mm. So the plane, like, if it was in daylight, the, the pilots would have gone, this is not fucking safe. Mm. If you look out the window and up, you can see land still. Mm. They're that, that kind of, like, it's shady. You need to be above that shit. Sounds like he knows what he's doing, so yeah. But but yeah. you don't know if it's such a big area. He could have... Fucking landed on a fucking spike or something, well, you if, just don't know. If it's a non-steerable parachute, which you use, which it was... It means when he jumps, he's going to land where he's wherever, falling. Wherever yeah. the wind takes which him. Which makes me yeah. think that he, he had a spot in his mind. Like, he might have had a kind of an idea of where he's going to jump. Yeah, but you would have to... Like, if you had a, a spot, say you were going to land at your point, you'd have to get the plane flying directly over it because mm. that parachute can't steer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't even really know because he's like, I don't give a fuck where the plane goes. Remember, mm. they went oh, Mexico yeah, City, point, and he went yeah. no, and he went Reno. We can refuel there. He's like, do whatever the fuck yeah, you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, I'm bailing. So I don't think he knew that. Right, okay. He hadn't. He didn't have a pre-ordained drop zone. He was just maybe he jumping. Didn't then maybe it was just a naive thing. He was just cool and calm and knew his shit, but didn't didn't think about just risked it for yeah, a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where he was going to jump and land. So one guy literally copied DB Cooper and did a hi- and hijacked a seven two like exactly the same. This fella's name was Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. This was just over a year later on April the seventh, nineteen seventy two. He forced the plane to land. He got ransom of five hundred grand. Jet took off and he bailed out the back through the doors. Mm. Exactly the fucking same right. Parachute survived. Right, police caught him at a fast food restaurant wearing a parachute jump kit. They were like, there's the <laughs> oh fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. He got a 45-year prison sentence for that. But whilst inside, he fashioned a fake gun out of dental paste, stole a rubbish truck, ram-raided his way out of prison, escaped, but died in a shootout with the FBI three months later. So it can be done. Yeah. Like, he's, he, Cooper laid down the fucking, this is what you need to do. Mm. So this fucking lad did but it. But he just did it right because he didn't get caught. Yeah. So How did he spend that money, though, if well, it's not... Well, you could launder it through illegal means, mm. I suppose. You could, could it, yeah, you could sell it cheaper to to some other people. Yeah. Drug you know cartel I mean? or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could buy drugs and then, and then sell the drugs for the cash. Drug. Mm. You could mm. like clean it through the most illegal, unclean way yeah, ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Buy 200 grand's worth of drugs and then sell that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get clean dollars. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Somewhere else, yeah. I'm sure there's bright people out there that know yeah. how to launder money. Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> um, so in the years after this, the FBI were just like scratching their bollocks and they just looked stupid. They started receiving uh, um, letters. They got, I think it was six letters via newspapers claiming to be from D.B. Cooper. Some of them were typed and some of them were handwritten and some of them were made using like cut-out letters from oh, newspapers. Oh, you know, like, fuck, yeah, 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 fucking... I know what you did last flipping. summer. Yes. One of, those, one of those things. So the first letter signed D.B. Cooper 
were sent from Oakdale, California to the Reno Evening Gazette on the 29th of November 1971. And it was using letters cut out from the Sacramento Bee newspapers. And it read, attention, thanks for the hospitality. It was a rut. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Second letter was received a day later, 30th of November 71. So this is not long after it happened. And it said, the composite drawing on page three as a suspect by the FBI does not represent the truth. So he's referring to a drawing of that yeah, they yeah. put out. You know when they do them drawings? Have you seen this, man? You're like, what the fuck? Mm. The drawing? Of course he's going to say that. alien? Of course he's going to say that. It's not going to go, yeah, exactly. It looks like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly mm. like me. But he does taunt them, though, as we'll go into further in the letters. He, he, he also said... Um, I enjoyed the Grey Cup game. I am leaving Vancouver. Thanks for the hospitality. So I think he said I'm enjoying the game to indicate that he actually was writing that these letters after this has occurred. They weren't like pre-scheduled letters like yeah, yeah, yeah. send this in f- three days or whatever. So he's remarking on a fucking football or mm. ice hockey game or some shit. Then they got a third letter, 1st of December 71, and it said, I am alive and doing well in my hometown, P.O., the system beat the system that beats the system. So I think PO is Portland, Oregon. Don't know. Who knows? Maybe. The Wait, f- the that fo- was his hometown. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, he got onto the plane in Portland and went, I want to go to Seattle. And he jumped out like just up the road and fucking walked home with 200 grand in his pocket. But where did he start? Nice. What? Did he start in Portland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Portland. And then said, I can have a ticket to Seattle, which is tw- 20 minutes away. And then he fucking but- bailed. No, but they didn't. Where did they start? Because they they stopped somewhere to refuel, didn't they? Yeah, Give they them the money. In where Seattle. was that? In Seattle. Yeah. And so then, then they went term. from Seattle to where? But he he the drop zone was like twenty miles of northwest or north of of Portland, Oregon. Right. That's where they think. Mm. So maybe you could see. Maybe you could see in the distance the fucking lights. When that's Portland, I'm jumping now. Jump now, yeah, yeah. So he had a fourth letter. This was at the uh, Reno Evening Gazette, and it uh, was also ma- uh, mailed on the first of December. But it was mailed from Sacramento in California, which is miles away. And it read, plan ahead for my retirement income. And again, signed by D.B. Cooper. The fifth went to the New York Times on the 11th of December, 71. And it says, sirs, I knew from the start that I wouldn't be caught. I did not rob Northwest Orient because I thought it would be romantic, heroic or any other euphemisms that seem to be attached to the situation of high risk. I am no modern day Robin Hood. Unfortunately, I do only have 14 months to live. My life has been one of hate, turmoil, hunger and more hate. This seems to be the fastest and most profitable way to gain a few grains of peace of mind. I don't blame people for hating me for what I've done, nor do I blame anybody for wanting me to be caught and punished, though this can never happen. Here are some, in brackets, not all of the things working against the authorities. I am not a boasting man. So he's keep, you're boasting to the fucking feds. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a boasting man. Well, it like he's boasting a letter. It sounds like he's <laughs> trying to um, uh, now help him a little bit, yeah, like for future reference. Funny when they yeah. play games. He says, uh, I left no fingerprints. I wore a toupee. I wore putty makeup. Oh, I'm pretty fucking sure. Tina Mucklow, lady who put in yeah, our fucking go, makeup. We're going to make your fucking, make... Yeah, you've got a fucking polystyrine nose. Yeah, or something. What the fuck? you look like <laughs> Michael <laughs> Jackson. You yeah. definitely... Yeah. Yeah. What is wrong with your nose? Michael Jackson corner says he's got a bomb. You definitely <laughs> recognise him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I've come and gone on several airlines and flew already and I'm not holed up in some obscure backwards town. Neither am I a psychopathic killer. As a matter of fact, I've never even received a speeding ticket. Thank you for your attention. And that was the last I heard of him. So he's sort of saying... Fuck you, you're not going to find me. Mm. I'm flying on planes anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm literally really? living in, like, yeah, yeah. the city still. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
You so just like, don't know. The suspects, there are, well, there's well over a thousand people on the suspect list because they ain't got a fucking Danny LaRue who it was. I can't go through them all. And there's literally almost no fucking point because this was in 1971. Mm. But we'll go through a few prominent ones. But I guess if you're interested, just fucking do the Googles. Um, one of the first people arrested was a fella called D.B. Cooper. And he was living in Portland, Oregon. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, no, was it Portland? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, um, he was just a local man in the area. And it was from his arrest that we get the name D.B. Cooper. Right. The press misspelt the name of the hijacker as D.B. Cooper in their reports instead of Dan Cooper. Because when he bought the ticket at Norfolk, he wrote down Dan Cooper. And it was Dan Cooper the whole way through until this point when they reported on it. And when it went out to everybody, this fellow was a, a suspect. They wrote D.B. Cooper and it just went as D.B. Cooper. Oh, it's actually called fucking Dan. The case should be called yeah. Dan Cooper. Right. Okay. But, uh, but it wasn't this fella. Uh, the name Dan Cooper, I found this really interesting, is is in some respect respects fictional, even though like it's not because it's a fucking name. It's not pulled out of thin air. Uh, there was a French comic book called Dan Cooper, which was running at the time, about a Canadian pilot called Dan Cooper. And literally on the front covers of this comic book, he's parachuting out of fucking planes, right? And they think Dan Cooper or D.B. Cooper could have been Canadian and been reading this because this uh, comic was... Printed in, um, obviously, French and Canada, mm-hmm. French, but that's where it was. So they think he might have been Canadian. The the people, the uh, air crew said that he had a nondescript accent. It wasn't like this fella's from fucking... Yeah, Kentucky or... Whatever. Yeah. Chicago yeah. or Boston, yeah. yeah. And he also wanted negotiable American currency, which they think, like, they're like, that's, I don't think an American would have said that. But so he did have the twang of American. He was just saying, boot, all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. One suspect, Lots again... please and thank yous. Yeah, and just and really sorries. apologetic. Well, she did say it was nice and calm. Yeah, like, nice true, and calm. True. Tried to give her a tip, tried to give her money. Yeah, yeah. So the other suspect, obviously, is Richard McCoy Jr., the fella who, a year later, did exactly yeah, the fucking... Yeah, and you know, got caught and then shot. Yeah. So, well, not... Yeah, yeah. Hijacked a jet, communicated via notes, forced a jet to land, refuel, got four parachutes, got the cash, and then fucking jetted. You know, said no funny business. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was the same thing that Cooper said. And then he jumped over his hometown. Helicopter pirate. Pirate? What the pirate fuck? Pirate. <laughs> that's Korean. Helicopter pilot. pirates. That's, that's I like that one. It's a new <laughs> one. New pirate thing. And he had Vietnam. Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran with jumping experience. And he never denied this Rich McCoy. He never denied or confirmed any involvement. But because he was shot dead in that shootout after busting out of prison, making a fake gun with some dental yeah, paste. He'll never know. What a fucking life. We, we can't like... But the FBI don't consider him a, a, a suspect because they reckon he was in Las Vegas the day that Cooper you know, did, did this. It. So yeah. it couldn't have been him. Then you have... Um, I'll go through two or three of these fellas and that'll be it because it's fucking... We don't know. But there's a lot of interesting parallels with all these because you're oh, that's the fella. Mm. No, it's not. Oh, that's the fella. No, it's not. So Robert uh, Rackshaw, he only became a suspect in 1978. So this is like seven years after the hijacking. He was a decorated military man, helicopter pilot and paratrooper. Mm-hmm. He was trained in explosives and knew how to make bombs. He had a long criminal record. His uncle was called John Cooper and was an avid skydiver. And he was booted out of the military just a month before this hijacking. So, like, did he have a grudge? Maybe, yeah. And he yeah. was asked on multiple occasions if he was D.B. Cooper. And he said, I can neither confirm nor deny, but I wouldn't discount myself. Now, the thing that goes against him is he was only 28 at the time of the hijacking. Not and the crew enough. said that yeah. this fellow was in the mid-40s. But, like, fucking when you're 18 back then, you look like 96, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, true, yeah. I suppose you could make yourself look a bit... 
decrepit. Well, he did say he a putty on pay him, yeah. Two pay and stuff, didn't he? Well, well. If you had a two pay, you, you want to put like a bald head on to make yourself look older. If you've <laughs> already got hair, why'd you put two pay on? I just, I'd put a, like, like, a, like a McDonald's wig on. Like a mad afro. Ronald McDonald wig on. Like a big red, like fluffy thing. <laughs> So we have uh, Kenneth Christensen. He was a suspect in 2003, man. So they're still like so scraping the barrel of embarrassment to, to try and find out who it was. Just two, leave it now. Grand, just like, leave it, it now. It's such gonna, a small yeah. amount of money, doesn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? Just leave it now. You don't, you don't bother it. after that long, do you? Just forget it. <laughs> Move on. It's a mistake. Move on, he's gone. Is, You're never going to yeah. get him. It's a mistake, you know, whatever. You've not done it in the last 40 years. You're not going to. 50 you know, years. And what you, if you go by his letter, he might be telling the truth. He might have actually only not had long to live as yeah. well and just gone fuck Might it I'm going to give it a go yeah so in so this is uh, Kenneth Christensen his brother became familiar with the case in 2003 and noticed some similarities between his brother so he fucking dobbed him in so his brother Kenneth was a paratrooper he served in World War 2 so he knows how to jump out of a plane he worked for Northwest Orient Airlines as a mechanic who was 45 at the time of the hijacking and he died in 1994 so this is years after years after his brother actually dobbed him in. He was like, fucking hell, mate. Mm. Him. When he died, before he went, he told his brother, I've got something big to tell you. But apparently he like pegged it before he spoke. So oh. he never fucking knows. Oh, the classic, the, the movie. classic peg it just <laughs> before you, you reveal all your secrets. The family, after his death and they were sorting out his affairs, they found 200 grand in his bank accounts, right? Oh. Apparently all legit money from land sales. So I'm like, did he, is, did he launder did it he through? Did he launder it through land sales? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Is it, you know, why would you do it instead of the 200 grand? You'd be spunking up the wall, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would be. I would. Be going mad with it. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the, I thought the whole point was that he was dying and that he just wanted a bit of well, that's money. that's what he says, but so why would you believe him? live that last you'd, 14 months of his life. That's what he you'd said. Think, you'd think it'd be spent or, or a lot of it would be gone. I feel like th- those, yeah. those letters could have been just written by anyone. Well, that's what they said. They could have been hoax. Yeah. And he might have been just lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Florence Schaffner apparently said that he did look similar to Kenneth Christensen. She looked at like the fucking the drawing that they mm. did. <laughs> I've got a drawing. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. You, and then you have Dwayne Weber. Dwayne Weber. He became a suspect in 1995. And shortly before his death, he told his wife, I am Dan Cooper. He, he apparently confessed to it. After his death, Dwayne's wife remembered some intriguing details. He did actually own a bag very similar to the one that was used in the hijacking. I don't know how she fucking knows that, but she did, whatever. He fucked up his knee in a skydiving jump at the same time of the of the hijacking. And he also had reoccurring nightmares about leaving fingerprints on the aft stairwell of a jet. Like his missus was going, well, you just had that nightmare when you're leaving fingerprints on the fucking stairwell of a jet again, are you? Ah, ah, ah. Did I touch the wall? Well, that's fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be like, that's, that's a very specific... It's very, very not, specific. Nothing to be too bothered about unless you've done something bad. It's such a specific <laughs> yeah, yeah. dream that you can be found guilty for hijacking yeah, an airline. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you wouldn't think of that, would you? No, we can even pinpoint the time that you started to get, that you got the dream memory. It was like 8.13 when you jumped out of that fucking jet. Yeah. That was the moment where you thought you, thought you touched the banister. But he, um, this uh, this fella, Dwayne, he also visited Tina Bar about a year before the money was found by that kid. He was like, said he was going fishing or some shit. Um, he was also a military man. He had a criminal record and he matched the physical descriptions of D.B. Cooper. And he was 47 in 1971. Mm. Again, nothing has been done because I mean, he's brown bread. Mm. There's so many people that could, like you say, could fit the dis- description in some form or other. 
Yeah. That you just you can't you're never gonna know. Well, that's why you got a cherry pick the thing these is, fellas. At this point, they, he's gonna have to if he he's not gonna be alive anymore. But if he was alive, he'd have to have walked in and gone, yeah, I'm DB Cooper. Yeah, he's not gonna do that. Dan Cooper, and he ain't doing that. So you're never gonna know. So the last suspect we will talk about is William J. Smith, and he I think he became a suspect in 2018. Let it go, lads. Yeah, let it go. Yeah, let it go. <laughs> Fucking Come let on. it go. Matter, let yeah. it go. It's gone. It's gone. Forget about it. D.B. Cooper's gone. So he was ex-military, parachute experience, 43 at the time of the hijack, so fits the kind of age bracket. He matched the descriptions from the crew, and the, the FBI actually did one of them like shit composite ske- sketches, like a drawing of him, of what they think Cooper might look like as an old person. <laughs> and you can see on the internet, this fucking fella's face, what was his name? Uh, was it William Smith? You can see him and this aged version of Cooper, yeah, and yeah. they fucking look the spit, man. I'm like, <laughs> is did you just draw a picture? Am I being trolled? Did someone draw a picture of that man and, and say, say, this say is what we think yeah, yeah. is Cooper? Because they look the fucking exactly like him. Uh, back in the day... A schoolmate of William Smith's died, like when he was at school or something. And this this lad who died was called Ira Daniel Cooper, or Dan fucking Cooper, as they called him. So it could have been a tribute to him. He worked um, on the railroad most of his life, but the company went bust in 1970, mainly because air freight was cheaper. So he lost his earnings and his pension because of because of that, the change in times. So they're saying, did he possibly have a grudge against the airline for like, wrecking his earnings and his pension? Yeah. And they also found some pure titanium on um, D.B. Cooper's clip-on tie that he left behind. Apparently, that's quite rare back then. It's pretty pretty rare now. And they think this could tie in with William Smith because he worked on the railroads, like machining or something. It's possible that he had like like tiny fucking nanoparticles of pure titanium Mm. on his hands from work and he took it off but mm. we'll fucking never know you just never know but the list yeah. goes on and fucking mm. on and on and on and you can go down a crazy rabbit hole with this one yeah but I'll just fuck, I, but it's just like I'm glad he got away you can't you're never gonna know it's one of those unsolved things that's just never gonna be yeah. solved because mystery there's too many there's too many factors yep. too many people that fit the bill yeah it's, it, it is literally a fucking mystery it's, no, like a, it's, like, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack isn't no, it no one got hurt right no yeah. one got hurt um Two hundred thousand pounds, okay, one point two million or whatever it would be these yeah. days. Bank would just print new shit. Yeah, I feel like in the grand you know scheme I mean? of things, that's they fucking spent, nothing. Spent more money trying to find him, a yeah, shitload yeah. more. How just much don't time? Bother. How much if time? And you know, uh, like t- taxpayers' money have they spent? They scrambled over the, the SR seven yeah. fucking one. Fifty years trying to fucking find this guy. Just stop. Like they put up the fuck. You're, you're making it so that this guy is is stealing fucking millions and millions and millions and millions. They put the fucking blackbird in the sky. Mm. The SR seventy one, like flying at an undisclosed ceiling altitude because it can't fucking tell us. And it was scanning the ground with its fucking special gear, looking for a lad running around in the forest with a knapsack full of cash. <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you scrambling the SR seventy one? Yeah, nuts. That doesn't make any fucking sense unless they just wanted to practice. Mate, yeah, but I mean, why would you spend so much money over all this time, you know what I mean, to try and find someone for nicking 1.4 million quid? I, I know it's a lot, it is a lot of money, but if no one got hurt, it was 45 years ago or whatever, yeah. and you're still looking for him, you know what I mean? It could have been an inside job, it could have been inside in terms of this was all done on purpose by a certain agency to, I don't know, highlight airline insecurity, and mm. I don't fucking know, but it's just, it's a very strange. Strange it's odd, case. It's an odd one because it's like, 
But if you're going to go for the money, go for like a million dollars. But like it's only, I think it's because it's only, he oh, knew he was jumping. Yeah, mm. I suppose there's only a certain amount you can ca- yeah, carry. Yeah, yeah. So I've got my reserve on the front. I've got my big one on the back. So I need, a, I can, it's 200 grand. I don't know. It's still fucking loads of cash. Yeah, house yeah. is about yeah, yeah. 200 like quid 200 back grand, then. Yeah, yeah, in, in, in hundred dollar bills. That's not that hip, that much. If you're jumping out of a fucking plane, you well, want to yeah. make sure, don't you? Yeah. But Maybe there's the weight and they know that, I don't know. He's got to calculate the weight so that it doesn't slam into the ground too hard when he, mm. I don't know, break the, the chute when it deploys. I, I don't fucking know. It must be have made, made the um, um, parachute out of money <laughs> yeah. and the bags. So that is uh, the old uh, DB Cooper case. I don't know what the fuck's going on there, but um, I thought it was interesting. That's yeah. been on the cards for a while. People have asked for that for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, so it's like... Um, yeah, it's just like it's like you say. It's one of those mysteries, isn't it? So it's mystery. And how about it would money? be good to solve it, but I wouldn't bother spending all this money trying to bother now. It's kind of nice. It, it's not solved. The big, the biggest indication that something is amiss is the fact that these stacks of cash were found on that Tina Bar, that that sandbank on the Columbia River, not tied together, but they were all found next to each other. Like mm. the kid dug the hole for the fucking sandpit or whatever, and he found six grand. In mm. individual bundles, so they couldn't have he couldn't have dropped them in the sky, and then they all fucking landed in the same place. Yeah. Mm. And he's, then when they look at the algae, there, yeah, he's put them there. Someone yeah. has, mm. whether it's him and the algae. They oh, they've only been out for two months. We can tell carbon dating it. What the fuck? Mm. That doesn't make sense. Somebody found that cash and buried it. They must have done, Maybe. or it, it had to have been dry, or or given it, or they he was they were given it. I don't know. Is it Cooper fucking with them? We didn't want to Might spend be. the money anyway. He's just mad. He's just like I'm gonna nick two hundred grand yeah, and, and just, bury it. Yeah, just just for the laugh. Yeah, bury it in random. Yeah, places. he's like he's like Travis Pastrana jumping out of airplanes. That parachute. Yeah, yeah. He studied for the crack. Yeah, he could have buried be. it all over the shop, and that's just the one that was found. Yeah, but it's never it's never been the money that they gave him has never turned up in the in the system. Well, that's because he probably buried it all yeah. over he's the shop. He's probably in the f- like fucking water somewhere. Yeah, yeah. nuts. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Later.